course, is that many, at least psychedelic chemicals, not all drugs, but psychedelic chemicals, have a capacity to cut through places where you are attached and clinging. That's a nice one right there, mixed by yours truly. Shout out to Quan. That's a jam titled Once Was. Uh, added a little bit of Ram Das on there. Anyhow, welcome back to the DMT World Podcast. My name is Alex8721. And today we have one of our members, Mystic Moose, on. Um, we had a pretty good conversation, kind of touched bases on a lot of things. Um, he's the co host of the Reconnect Podcast, he's an aspiring musician a moose enthusiast and he's also pretty good at photography check him out on ig under the name at mystic moose nature photos uh if anybody wants to become a supporter of the movement we got going on here dmtworld.net forward slash patreon don't forget to join the podcast group on the site as well as the youtube group and if you're listening to this from any other platform come join the community dmtworld.net uh, come find the others. You won't be disappointed. It's the world's number one psychonaut social network. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Appreciate your time. Keep spreading that love. Moose, what up, man? Welcome to the podcast, dog. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. I know we haven't really talked too much, uh, you and I. I know. I think um, you just you haven't been on the site too too long, right? No, I uh, I joined it in the middle of June. Actually. Okay. What do you like about it so far? What are, what are the pros? What are the cons? What, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, honestly, I just like the whole community. I started. Uh, I got on the Patreon probably three, two or three weeks into me being on the site, just because I felt like I could actually open up about who I like about myself and be my own person, like my own personality on there as opposed to anywhere else. I do, I do like the anonymity I can keep on there, but what really got me to fall in love with it was T-Rex's podcast. Yeah. That, uh, he's, he's doing some good stuff over there with the continuing the conversation. Uh, man, he's, he's a good dude. He, he's, um, and he's pretty well versed on a lot of the stuff that you see mm-hmm. in, on, on the site and in this, 
industry as well, man. He's been doing this for a long time, you know. Good guy. Right. Love him. Shout out T-Rex. What up, man? That was um, just a, when I found that place, everybody was pretty open and helpful. Um, and then I got more active on the actual site. And I mm. just, all the help of people, all the love that everybody's spreading there, that's, it's way better than what you're going to see anywhere else. It's true, man. And, and um, I, I, I do like that aspect of it. I know sometimes it gets a little shitty, obviously, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but um, right. for the most part, everybody's pretty, pretty chill and pretty laid back and, and they understand how important it is to have, you know, a space like that, you know, and I say that because, you know, the whole sourcing thing, we were talking about a little bit about that before we got on here, but you know, there's always going to be those those ass hats, you know, they're always going to be doing stupid shit like that, but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, those people are going to be no matter where you go. Can't really no matter. Them. Yeah, no matter. Um, so, um, what, how did you end up, um, how did you end up on the uh, site there or, or, or getting on the, in the group there with uh, T-Rex and them? Um, so, getting on the site, the guy I was talking about earlier, still cyber, who's on there also. Mm-hmm. We were getting ready to start making or start growing mushrooms ourselves, trying to find all the resources we could online. Yeah. And he found Micro Madness or the Home Mycology. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so we started watching the videos, and then somehow from watching those videos, he told me about DW. Yeah. I got on it, and with the, the continuing conversation, that was one of the first groups that I actually got accepted into. And I just messaged him for the link, and then got the, started just jumping in the conversation pretty quickly. So. Yeah, I like what they're doing over there, man. Um, they have some fucking great conversations. You know, the one they, oh, yeah. where they were doing the review, or I wouldn't even say review, but the discussion for the four agreements, <clears throat> that um, made me revisit that book and revisit those teachings and um, helped me out too, even till today, you know. Say what you mean, mean what you say. No expectations. Mm-hmm. You ain't no fucking Ryan me- mind reader and do your fucking best, you know. Right, um, some some pretty good rules to live by, man. It's um you're never gonna be perfect, not me. I know that for a fact. But um it's still gonna keep it in the back of your your mind and you know, strive. Strive to, to be that better version. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I actually haven't read the four agreements. Uh I knew they'd done it because when I first joined they hinted at it a few times they were in Gallimore when I started in the, mm, in the uh, yeah. group. But I've been meaning to get around to the four agreements. I just haven't I ain't got yeah. time right now to read anything. You know, I find, I find the same. And, and, you know, I even got to a point where I started feeling kind of bad. I started feeling a little shitty. Cause I'm like, God damn, like motherfuckers be reading books. Like it ain't no joke, man. Like, and I, I think to myself and I'm like, ah, you know, you know, the whole thing about comparison and when you start comparing yourself, you know, to other people, it's like, don't do that to yourself, you know, but I found myself doing that, uh, like a few months ago. And, and I was like, well, you know, I, I, I made, I made an, I, I made an assessment and well, to be honest with you, since then I have though, I, I have picked up a few books that I've been just for me that I want to read. Um, like, uh, like, um, Dick Kahn's book, the, the DMT and the cult mind, alien information theory, you know, these, these cool, these DM, these books about DMT or surrounded surrounding DMT really, really interest me because, you know, you know, when you, when you experience DMT, it's, it's pretty cool to see it from somebody else's perspective like that. And, uh, somebody who can, who can express it in, in such a, a precise way. And even, even then not so precise, but uh, it's really interesting, you know, and, and that's what it did for me ultimately, you know, um, listening to those conversations and cause sometimes we don't have, 
a lot of time, you know, but if you really want to, you'll make time. And, and even if it's 10 minutes a day, you know, that's what you do. You know what I mean? You may uh, not yeah, be able to yeah. read a book in a whole I, fucking day. I haven't really read since I was a little kid, man. I used to read all the time. <laughs> I, uh, I got picked up a book that my soon to be brother-in-law wrote the other day. Just, it was, it's a pretty short read. So I like, uh, he sent me a link to it. And I read through that. I was like, yeah, you know what? I can make time for this book. I can make time for it. it was, it's a, Bigfoot erotica, like it's not a (laughs) (laughs) well, it don't matter. The thing is, it's finding I I read something, so yeah, I've got a metric shit ton of links that T Rex has sent me about some stuff that I've asked them about. Um, it's I think the four that I've got from him right now are um, on what's the word lucid dreaming, yeah, and I so I'm gonna start reading those because I like what I've been doing usually during my day. I I got work and I come home to my schoolwork. Usually my breaks are either TV or picking up the guitar and working on a little some of the stuff I'm learning, mm-hmm. or you know I'm gonna. But now I can just instead of watching TV, I can read the book a little bit. Exactly. Better. Yeah, and and that's what it is. You know, you gotta you gotta give some to get some, and that includes you know within yourself and your own time. You know what I mean? Um, right. That's definitely something I've learned in the last <clears throat> few months just doing this. You know, just having conversations with people is I got to move things around. You know what I mean? And I've I have to make the time. You know, priorities is all as always. You know, my family comes first, anything they need, and then myself, and then this. You know, and uh, so far I've been doing pretty good. Now, you know, in the beginning it was kind of just uh, a little stressful, a little overwhelming. But you know, I think I'm starting to get into a pretty good groove where I'm like, all right, it's not bad. You know, and um, it's doing well. So if if you really do feel like that about yourself, um, you know, you can do it. You just got to make the time for it. That's all. You may not have all the time and as much time as everybody else. But when you do it for yourself and you do, you, you know, it interests you, you got a passion in it, you're, you're going to fucking do it. You know oh, yeah. I mean? That's one of those things I think, you know, people all the time just get so caught up in that 24-hour cycle where you, if you, you don't do it that day, you can't do it. That's not necessarily true. You'll find the time to make time for something. That's right. That's right. I've got yeah. a lot of stuff that I still want to do that I, right now I don't have the time for because it's not a priority. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've got other stuff that's more important at the moment, but I'm not going to forget about that one thing I wanted to do. Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Tell me about, you know, where you come from and, um, you know, and, and also like what, what got you to this point and, uh, your interest in psychedelics, if you will. So, uh, I come from a really small town in Alabama. Uh, I bounced around the state a little after college, got my degree in criminal justice, decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Policia, um, policia. <laughs> I was going to be a game warden, uh, but that whole game thing warden. was spurred by me in college um, being swayed one way or other by people. Oh, I see. I'm a people pleaser. And at the time, most all of my friends were criminal justice majors. And the girl that I was with at the time was like, hey, if you become a cop, you can just follow me wherever I go for my career. I'm like, that sounds like a good job. I'm getting laid, sure. <laughs> uh, so I bounced around for about the past two years. Uh, just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Ended up landing on psychology, which I don't have a degree yeah. in, so now I'm going back to school for that degree. I see. Yeah. But uh, with psychedelics, um, like you're asking, I, I got into that in college with the same guy. Um, me and him got in, uh, got mushrooms when we were juniors, I think. You know, yeah. 20, 2017, maybe. Uh-huh. 2016, 2017, sometime in that time frame. We, uh, our weed guy had some mushrooms. Like, hey, y'all like mushrooms? I was like, I don't know. Awesome. Then we we held on to him for like a month after like just looking up everything we could about him, dosage, trip reports, anything I could find out about mushrooms, I was finding out. 
Yeah. I get I get kind of nerdy with what I'm ingesting in my body. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that, like after that, I was like, okay, something's different now. And I didn't take another psychedelic for the next year, year and a half. And my depression hit in, and I was like, all right, I know one thing that helped this the last time. Hmm. I can't smoke pot right now because at the time I was a security guard and we get random yeah. drug tested and I'd already been drug tested twice. I was like, I don't really like my odds on this. They're not rolling the dice in my favor. Yeah. Like I bet you my buddy who knows a guy might know another guy. Yeah. Got some shrooms, took them. And I was like, okay, this is definitely what I need to keep. This is something that is helping me. I need to learn more. And, you know, fast forward to where we are now. <coughs> no. Uh, um, did LSD and, uh, did LSD for the first time last year. That was mm. great. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really fun experience. Uh, what do you, do. what did you think about it, about the, about LSD? How was it for you? I really enjoyed it. Um, at the time it wasn't like I was expecting. I was thinking of more of a, that mushroom trip that I get where a mm. lot of things are done to me that I don't really even think I need to know at the moment. Was but that your that first time good. trying the mushrooms this time that you're talking about? Not, not the second time you talked about the first one. That was the first time ever. Back in 2017? Yeah. Yeah, that's the first time ever. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, and then LSD was this past summer, or last summer, me and Buddy went to Miami for a little summer vacation. And he was like, hey, I got LSD. And we hung out all the way at the beach, come back, took it, and that was that was fun. Um, I remember most of it. Uh, I definitely know that the person, that we stayed at an Airbnb in a shed, dude. It was like what? a literal shed. <laughs> we we found this place right and it said it was the entire house <laughs> we get there and the entire house is a, it says superior sheds on the side it's just a metal like garden oh, shed that they put that they put tile and a bed in, and everything in like <laughs> the most open floor plan you can imagine you have the bed and if you were laying in bed trying to sleep and somebody was showering you could watch them shower <laughs> <laughs> it was it was rough man but uh that night that we that was like I think that was the first night or second night we were there we took it and uh, we hadn't spoken to the homeowner or his uh, uncle or brother whoever was there like staying in the, actually in the house yeah none of us had said a word to them and I'm like oh I need some nicotine right now so I gotta walk out to my car which we're in the backyard I gotta walk to the road right yeah I've got my now fiance on the phone and I'm like hey I just need you to like tell me that this is not real because this is about to be freaky. <laughs> They're like, the grass is doing all this shit to my feet. Yeah. The whole time, I'm like, somebody's watching me. I keep telling her that. She's like, no, you're good. I was like, something, either the house is the car, something's watching me. Get my shit, and I come back. And I'm like, I stop, because I, I feel eyes watching me. Look over, and uh, dude's brother is in his car on the phone just staring at me. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm just fucking run. <laughs> oh, my God. Back to shit, I'm like, all right. Somebody's like, hey, I can't tell you what just happened, but I'm like, we might need to be ready to leave. Lock the doors, bro. <laughs> Ended up walking around. When we were in West Palm Beach, we stayed in West Palm Beach. And we were just, we were driving. We'd say go to that beach. We'd drive to Miami because it's like 30 minutes. Yeah. But uh, we walked around West Palm at like three in the morning. Yeah. With crackheads. Yeah. I took a picture of some flowers outside of a McDonald's. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Florida's something else. I've I've been out there. I was out there in um, 2008, same side over there, and Miami, all that Keys, and then like a little bit of time in in, in Tampa Bay, that area. <clears throat> Went down and did all the, you know, all the theme parks and shit they got out there. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool, but 
Tampa Bay. Tampa really good, yeah. Well, it tripped me out. I remember going out to the to the beach or golf, whatever you want to call it. And I'm fucking, I've never been to anything like that. You know, I'm, I've been to the West Coast and beaches out there. I get out there and I walk maybe 30 meters out and like the water's still up to my knees. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I walk like another hundred meters out and just gets to my, my it tripped me out, man. Like the tide mm-hmm. or flow or whatever that it is and no waves, just like still oh, yeah. water. It's kind of weird, but uh, I had a pretty good time out there. Pretty cool place, man. We went to, we went to Destin back in 2018 after my grandpa, uh, my granddad passed. To where? Uh, Destin, Florida. I don't know where that's at. Um, you know where Pensacola is? Right yeah, 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 yeah. Right there next to Pensacola. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. That's the same part of the Gulf. Um, we went out there to spread my granddad's ashes. Oh, nice. And the week we got there was when that hurricane came through. A oh, damn. Years back. And so like, we had to, I, I met my family Mobile because they had like evacuated to Mobile or whatever. And then when we when we got to the beach, though, I could walk out like I'm talking a good 50, 60 yards without it coming yeah. up my knees, just because all yeah. the water pulled back. And when there were sandbars everywhere, it was pretty fun. Yeah, we set a beer pong table out on one of the sandbars, had a blast. Yeah, that <laughs> my family does. Uh, my family does memorials, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, that sounds like it. That's a weird thing to always be like. You know, I grew up when, when I was young, but we used to always go out to the West Coast and the beaches and. You know, waves is a big old thing over there. You know, you see waves all over the fucking place. And then to go to a place like that where the water's just, I don't know, it's just weird. It's kind of weird. I learned to surf in Destin, but the, like, I couldn't imagine trying to like learn it on the bigger way, like the real waves out on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. There's some crazy shit out there, man. I've never been surfing. I, I know. Seems pretty fucking cool, but fuck all that, man. Some of that shit out there is like, mm-mm. I'd rather be romping somewhere in a fucking half broken down truck or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so you tried uh, you did the mushrooms and all that, and you did the LSD, and um, and um, you try any, you try anything else? You've experienced a uh, DMT yet? I haven't yet. No, I, I've been. I want to. Uh, I was actually telling them about that uh, a couple weeks ago, and continue the conversation. Like, shit, my senior year of college. Uh, my weed dealer was like, "Hey man, I have the same guy that told me here was like, hey, I have DMT. You want to try?'" I was like, "I don't really know shit about it. I'm probably yeah. not gonna do this right now. I didn't know what it was, but like looking back on it now, I kind of wish I would have. But then again, the moment probably wasn't right. Of for course, me. yeah. Um, Setting settings always a big thing. So for psilocybin, is that your go-to for like? Um, uh, I know, I guess for just for any. I mean, what, what do you use? How how do you use psilocybin for you? I Oh, I mean, I like psilocybin just for the fun part of it. I mean, it yeah. is fun for me, but I do think I get more insight on what, like, if I need some insight, I do think I get more of it out of psilocybin than I do LSD. Nice. Uh, I do like LSD a little bit more just for the fun <laughs> aspect of it because I feel great when I'm on L, but I do not like that 12 hours, man. <laughs> yeah, it gets tiring sometimes. For me, it becomes a chore, and I'm just like, God damn, it don't even matter how much you take, man. It's the whole fucking day. You know what I mean? I uh, true, uh I tripped with my fiance for her first time. This has been about a month ago. And, you know, she did, she handled it really well. I was really proud of her. I was like, hey, if there's anything that bothers you, you got to let me know. We can work, th- we're going to work through this together, all that stuff. <laughs> and she handled like a champ. I was really proud of her because she don't, like, that's not her thing. She's more right. it. And, Just out uh, of curiosity. She'd been wanting to do it for a while. And I had some. So I finally was like, setting was good. We were at my apartment. It was just us. I'm like, but no better time. We don't have anything to do today. Yeah. But I was about six hours in, like, 
God damn, I gotta, I gotta do this for another six hours. <laughs> yeah. I was already like, she was still like having a blast. I'm just like, man, I've already had my fun. I just want to be done. I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I remember back, well, back when, um, when I tried LSD or the last time I did LSD, I was, I was like, man, I got to start early, man. I was like, I got to start like, as soon as I wake up, maybe get something in my stomach and just boom. And then that way I'm not up until six o'clock the next fucking morning and sleep for like 30 minutes and then get to fucking work or some shit, you know, fuck that. It's the worst fucking feeling that. But it is what it is, man. I know LSD has got a, got its place in, in a lot of people's medicine cabinet, so to speak, you know, it really does <clears throat> change. Um, it really does some work on you for sure. You know, I know I tried uh, microdosing, which was great for me, but it's really hard to microdose something like that, you know, depending on, you know, you can, you can make a little, um, what is it called? Like a little a tincture, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like just a little liquid where you dilute, you know, the liquid and so forth. I've just never really been good at it. And some days it would be, you know, a lot stronger than others. And, you know, I'd be fucking making plans on how to fucking take the world over at fucking midnight. You know what I mean? When I got to be sleeping for the next day. But it was good. You know, I did uh, one day on, two day off, one day on, then three days off, and then back to two days. I did that for about <clears throat> six weeks, and then I took a week off, and then I got back on it. I went about two months like that. Um, really did change me. I saw a big a big change, a big improvement. Um, it was good. I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just, uh, for me personally, my my thing is the psilocybin. Psilocybin is always always my my go to. It's always the you know I got to get in there and and, and it's, for me it's a more of a personal experience. You know. What's, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that for yeah. with psilocybin as well. I actually want to start microdosing that soon. Once once this flush and everything gets ready, we're probably going to do that. So, I did microdosing for two years, dude, from the beginning of two thousand sixteen till the end of two thousand eighteen. And I was doing three, I was doing three to four times a week. And I would take like a week off every like four to five weeks. Um, at first I was doing like 0.15 and then I moved up. I, there was a point in time when I was doing like 0.5, which was like a mini dose. <laughs> yeah, that's not a micro dose anymore. Man. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> I was using it more so for like, um, that's a tolerance right there. <laughs> well, I was using it more so for like, a like, um, like a mood enhancer, like, um, mm-hmm. like, you know how people take, um, like Abilify or, you know, these other yeah. things and, you know, it kind of makes them, you know, uh, it's obviously, it's a little bit of a more short term type of thing, but, uh, it was just cause of that, you know, and, um, <clears throat> I, I ended up scaling it back down about 0.15. And then I did the, I did a one to three ratio with lion's mane and the cubensis, which was great. That worked out great. Exactly. Um, that's what I was looking at doing was the yeah. lion's mane and cubensis. I never tried it with anything else. Um, I never tried it with any of the other, um, you know, non-actives that are known, you know, to, to, to have good benefits as well. But I got to a point where I was like, you know, I, I've made a lot of advancements. Uh, <clears throat> I stopped fucking, I, I made a lot of improvements in my life, but I still felt like I needed, I needed some more, you know, work, you know, uh, on some deep seated issues that I had. And, you know, in, in 2019 is when I, you know, started going into the big doses and, um, that helped out a lot, a lot, man. Like it, it cleaned up a lot more other things. And then, um, 
I don't know. For me, even now, I don't, I don't, I no longer microdose. Um, and it's not because I don't, <laughs> I feel for me, the microdose kind of helped me um, not be so, I wouldn't call it dependent in terms of like, you know, substance abuse type dependency, but yeah. like, you know, I'm running towards this solution instead of dealing with it myself. Yeah. Like this year, that's what I've been doing a lot more of. And it's been very challenging. It's been very challenging to sit with uh, an emotion that I don't know where it's coming from, you know, and, and think about it and analyze it and then get to the root of it and be like, Oh fuck, I got to sit with this now, you know, and I got to work through it in my own mind, you know? And, um, I think ultimately for me, that's, that's the main goal, you know, is to, I'm not saying, you know, I'll, I'll stop or never do anything, but I think that, um, I used, I used, you know, these, the fungus to kind of empower myself, make things slow down for a moment and then give me those tools to kind of use on my own time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Um, so you're talking about like the Abilify and all that stuff. I come from a family of that deals with depression and anxiety. Like that's, I think it runs in my family, man. That's about the only thing it does. But Well, the yeah. thing is that stuff like, works for people sometimes, yeah. man. And some I got people, my sister, uh, she just finished up her nursing degree. Oh yeah. We got to talk the other day about, cause she's on, I can't remember what medicine she's on, but we were talking about uh, mushrooms. I was like, look, I know how you feel about it, but let me just try it out on myself, you know, see how this microdose thing goes and maybe give it a shot. And so she, she actually on board, which surprised me. And, you know, I didn't figure she'd be on board. I told her I was growing them. She was like, you can't do that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I definitely, uh, when I get my degree, I want to do some research. Um, on like trying to get more natural replacements for these um, chemicals that we're taking, these, these drugs that they're giving you for depression. So, because there's, there's natural stuff that works, and it may not work for everybody. It's, I doubt it'll ever be for everybody, but if it helps, you know, one or two people not have a dependency to something that might kill them, then I feel like I've done my part. Yeah, I think I I think that they've already done that. To be honest with you, man. Yeah, they've done a few. They've done some studies. Um, I've done several studies. I've seen a few that I've actually been reading. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, in terms of, um, I think that psilocybin has already saved more than one or two lives, you know, (laughs) I think that that. in my mind for me personally, but I I understand, you know, the goal is education for, for the masses, you know, educate people and be like, look, this shit is not as bad as everybody thought it was back then. You know, you snap out of that, fucking propaganda fueled perspective that you have with these, you know, plants and, and fungus. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. but you know, it, it, that's what's needed. You know, so it is what it is. But for me personally, I'm, I'm sold on it as much as I'm sold on anything else too. You know, I know other things work for people. I know, I, I know exercise alone works for people. You know what I mean? So it's just one, one more, one more tool in people's bags that um we shouldn't be persecuted for, you know, yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that needs to come out at some point where it's not such a big stigma on something that's, you know, nature. <laughs> yeah, even if, I mean, like even down here, uh, I've had this talk with several people. At, I'm, I'm in the Bible Belt, so all kinds of preachers and deacons and whatnot that I've had conversations like this with where I'm like, look, God created everything and from what you're saying. How, why would he not? Why would he not have created this for us? Like he created everything else for us. Why is this thing not for us? But you always get that answer of you know the government tells you you can't do it, so you can't do it. But 
people still do it. You know, it's just like all other drugs and substances that they try to, you know, put a war out on it. It doesn't stop anything. Look at anything. I mean, for example, for current times, the whole mask thing, like people, if you tell people I can't do something, they're going to do that thing. Of course. Yeah. You know, when you, when you got, you got kids. Yeah. You can't do something, they're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. I always tell my kids, I, I always tell them to, to try to accept, you know, the things that they may not be so proud of, but also <clears throat> know that there's a time and a place for, for all things. And um, I try not to tell them not to do shit, but I tell them that, you know, time and a place for everything. And, you know, there's going to come a point in time where you're going to have to get your fill of it because um, for me, that's kind of what took it and what took for me to be like, okay, you know, I can't, be doing this all the fucking time you know it gets old or whatever the case may be but you know somebody continue to tell me that i shouldn't be doing it that probably feel fucking firing me and i'd be full blast on things you know what i mean so i think i think um nurturing or you know um creating that environment where kids can also you know explore those things that you know maybe even we don't even have you know Mm-hmm. Good grips of hey, you know what I mean. You ain't hurting yourself. I mean, even just like cussing, right? That's a big thing with kids. Like, how are you going to tell a kid not to say shit when you're over here saying shut the fuck up or you know shit like that? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like uh, my wife has that in her, and I I respect her decision to you know say well don't do it in front of me. I okay, I, I respect that, you know. But you know, between me and my boys, I'm like. Hey, I know you're going to fucking cuss. I hear you cussing. You know what I mean? I, I right. understand. But, you know, you also have to be able to, you know, um, meet people in the middle and, and, and respect their decision, too, if they ask. And if not, then then stay out of their way or stay out of their life. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. uh, time and a place for everything, for sure. Definitely. Definitely agree with that. So how's uh, how's everything going in your life right now, man? How's How's things? Oh, hell, it's, uh, it's busy, but I mean, it's not, I'm definitely not in the worst boat of people. So I got a job, you know, I'm working, got my school, everything's going pretty smooth right now. I'm getting married in December. We got everything rolling oh, so far. Nice. Uh, nice. So we, we've had a couple bumps in the road on the planning process, but I think that's mostly us not wanting to do some of this stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, I've been with my wife for 10 years now and it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride, man. There's uh there's a lot to learn. Um, especially when living with, with somebody, you know, uh, and, and like me and my wife, we're like exact opposites, bro. It's, it's weird. Like we, we don't even have a lot of commonalities, like this whole thing with the psychedelic. She's like, I support, I, if it helps you, you know, I support it and you do whatever you got to do. But you know, for me personally, I'm okay with that for now, you know, and I'm like, cool, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I appreciate that and I respect it, you know, so it's definitely been a learning process and um, you know, it's, 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 it's easier to walk away from, from, from those learning processes than it is to learn and grow from them. You know, it's hard work. It really is sometimes, but in the end, you know, it's for me, I'm like, well, I'm not good when I'm by myself, you know, because then I, I, you know, my mind tends to run, run away and I need somebody to ground me sometimes, you know, and that's what she does for me. So, Really, really grateful for that, man. Really grateful. I'm glad you, you know, you got that. Oh, she's, uh, she's very, 
don't know what you call it. She's very down to earth when it comes to like my big plans. She kind of keeps me like, like <laughs> don't get too overboard that like one, one step at a time and you get everything, but you can't just jump right into that boat. <laughs> my wife does the same thing with me, man. I, I tend to, I tend to run before I walk and she kind of helps me walk first. Same. She's like, well, what about this? And I'm like, um, that'll take care of itself later down the road. <laughs> Nah, motherfucker, get over here. Let's talk about this. Like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I've got this whole plan. We're uh, we're planning to move when I get this degree finished, and I've got this whole plan. I'm gonna have a brewery. That's gonna be like the business. Yeah. Uh, with my with my buddy, and um, we were talking about it the other day. She's like, okay, but like, you can't just move to Colorado and buy a building. You know, you're gonna have to get get a house first, right? We got to get a place to live first. Like, yeah. you, live, you live in the brewery. It's fine. We'll, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to live in an actual home. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I was like talking about getting a farm out there and she's like, I'm already, I'm already talking about how many head of cattle we're going to have. Like we're going to get these goats. She's like, you don't even have the land. <laughs> you ever, you ever live on a, on a ranch? Yeah. Uh, I've worked on several farms. I grew up on farms. So no shit. Nice. Yeah, I grew up on cattle farm, chicken farm. I worked on chicken farm. We had a couple couple pigs never any goats though that's funny when i was younger um my dad was raised on farms out here in arizona and they're all desert and shit but you know the big thing is goats they always had goats and like we had um we had one out here in phoenix where we had a big piece of land and we had a bunch of goats and then we we spent some time in uh iowa um like about 45 minutes north of sioux city this little town called Correctionville, a little small town, dude. It was, we're the only Mexican kids, the whole fucking place, dude. Everybody was like, what the fuck? You know, they're tripping on us, but same thing there. We had a big ass field of alfalfa that, you know, we grew and we had somebody come down and bail it up. And then we, you know, packed everything up and had goats, chickens, pigs, shit like that. Pretty nice, uh, nice living. And, you know, we didn't com- have anything commercial, you know, all the goats and the pig and, and the chickens, that was all for us. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I tell my kids this story about how, um, the first time that I ever helped my dad, um, harvest one of our goats and I was, <clears throat> I was 10 years old and I have two brothers or had two brothers. And, um, my dad was like, all right, you two little guys hold the, the, the feet down here, hold them down. And me, me, he's like, you, I want you to hold him down from his body and his head, hold him down by the, by the, by the, you know, by the horns or whatever, you know? All right, dad. All right. And he's fucking, my, my dad goes in the barn, comes on. He's got this fucking knife. He's all sharpening it up and he's walking up to me and the goat just sees him, dude. And right away the goat's like, oh, fuck this. Starts fucking kicking. And my brother's let go of the fucking goat's legs. And this motherfucker tries to stand up. And I'm like, fuck, I grab him by the horns, fall back. I wrap my legs around his, you know, body. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And my dad's like, hold him, hold him. <laughs> Slices this fucking thing's neck and just blood starts spilling all over me. Dude, his head falls back on me. I see all the shit coming out of his throat, dude. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Uh, it was, <laughs> I tell my kids that story, dude. They fucking trip out, man, because, you know. My my kids grew up in in the city for the most part, and they're they're always just you know you know how that is you know people oh, yeah, they don't know what it's like to harvest their own food you know what I mean but um pretty good living man pretty good living it's uh it's respectable you know what I mean but oh, yeah. it's, it's hard work. man it's hard work but it's 
the, the benefits of it are really, really good to me, at least. The personal, the personal benefits are for me in terms of, you know, you, you work for everything. If you don't work, you don't eat. You know what I'm saying? Um, Unlike right. being here, you know, you can oh, click a, click a few buttons and you got food on the way. You know what I mean? Right. You ain't got to even get up off the couch. You can get as high as you want. You don't to have to. <laughs> Which you is now you ain't got to open the door. It's both the front exactly. door. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that either, man. I mean, people do what they what they're gonna do, man, and it is what it is. Um, but I still miss those days. You know, there's there's a little bit of freedom that you get out there, you know, and it's it's not the same like it is here. You know, it's like you live in a city, you know what it is, man. You're on top of each other, man, and there's just so many fucking people. It's certain things are inevitable. Right. You know, it's, it's you were you were saying about being the only Mexican kids in Iowa. My mom and my uncle, they were neighbor brats. And uh they're uh, they're half Hispanic, half Mexican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they moved, she said when they moved up to New Jersey, the first school they went to, all white. She was like, yeah. we were only brown kids. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was funny. It was like we were fucking like specimens. Everybody was like, what the fuck? I met people that never met colored people before. They're just like, what the fuck? Like, what are you? You know what I mean? And I, I, yeah, like even, even when I went into the military, I met people from like, I don't even remember where this fucking dude was from, dude. But that guy was tripping out hardcore. He was like, he was like, I remember talking to him and being like, what's wrong with you, man? He's like, oh, you got You got to understand, man. He's like, I, I never, I never seen a colored man besides on TV, you know? And I'm like, damn, this dude's like 19 years old. You know what I mean? And he's coming to, coming to join the military and you know, and then we're all in it together and it's um, people from all walks of life, you know, but. Um, I, mean, I was, I think I was in like sixth grade the first time I ever met a uh, person, a colored person, somebody, uh, we went to a wrestling camp. And Missouri, and I met a, my first ever black person. Oh, no shit. Ever, like, awesome shit. He was like, you ain't never, like, we, because where I grew up, all white town for the most yeah. part. We had Hispanic kids, and we had, uh, we, we had a transfer student, a foreign exchange student uh-huh. uh, for Vietnam. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, it's something else. We didn't, we didn't have any black people. Um, so, like, that was, a, that was a new thing for me, and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know anything about the culture or anything like that. Yeah. That was something else. I remember when I, <laughs> I remember at the time when I was, uh, when I was up there, I was listening to, um, there's a group called bone thugs and harmony and they were like a big, big thing back then. And the kids over here never, never listened to rap music. None of this shit. Right. And I used to always listen to this Walkman on the bus and to, cause we would pick up everybody from all the different farms and shit, watch fucking stop in the middle of the road. There's like a huge, just a herd of fucking deers jumping over the, for like 30 minutes, bro. Just watching deer, just jumping over the fucking road. Iowa. Yeah. In Iowa. And then, um, this one guy's like, what are you listening to, man? <laughs> and I was like, uh, and it's just like homegrown type shit. You know what I mean? They're all like football players. Homecoming's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was like, here, listen to this man. And, the, and he was like the main fucking like football. Uh, well, he's like the, the the main dude, the captain of the other fucking high school team. And they're right there they had middle and, and high school together, you know. And he was just sitting there listening to, man, the whole fucking ride. And he was like, what the fuck is this? 
And I remember when I left, bro, they were all bumping that shit. <laughs> they were all rapping and shit. All of them did. <laughs> I remember my sister, my sister got on the bus one day. She was like, are they fucking listening to Bunta? And I was like, yeah, I fucking gave that dude a tape, man. <laughs> it was funny as shit, man. But, uh, always good to to get a little, little taste of, of different culture. You know what I mean? Um, there's yeah. nothing wrong with the idea of a man. I mean, yeah, we may not agree with some fucking aspects of it, but it is what it is, man. You know, who am I to say you can't live your life a certain way? You know what I mean? You ain't got to agree with people to be friends with them or to love them. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's true. Man, I've got people that I know have got my back on stuff, but like we don't agree on politics or religion even. That's a like, deep. I, one, of my, one of my closest, one of the grooms in my wedding, like I, Dude does not have a single point of view that I have for real. But I know if I needed that dude, he's got my back. So that's my boy. Yeah. Well, see, that's there's a there's something there when it comes to, you know, <clears throat> um opposing views and you know, you and, and a friendship. Like I may not agree with you, you may not agree with me, but if you know you feel that because I don't agree with you that you can't be my friend, like come on now. I mean, yeah, then then I guess I can't be your fucking friend, but you know, for me. You know, as long as you're not fucking forcing me to fucking see your point of view, you know, yeah. I'm going to be 100% okay with you. I mean, at that point, it's almost like you're you're just like a fucking other Jehovah Witness screaming at me from my front door. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just fucking around. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. You got to value friendship over over your point of view. Or, or if you don't, then then value your point of view. You know, that's as long as you don't hurt nobody, I mean, I, you, don't, you don't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you. That's And, and he, he gets that. We get that. You know, it's one of those things like shit hits the fan. He's got he's got my back. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, think, I, I think, don't know. Maybe I'm a bit of a, maybe I'm a bit of a nut job, but you got to be prepared for some shit. You got to have the right people in your corner. Of course. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's something I kind of, I, I, I went over. I really started thinking about this year too was um, there's definitely something in a sense of community, like as far as like power in numbers, you know, I, I tell my kids all the time, I've told my kids before, um, you know, you could be the smartest motherfucker. You could be the strongest. You could be the fastest, but if uh, shit were to ever hit the fan and you find yourself alone, none of that shit matters. You know what I mean? <laughs> that shouldn't get a matter <laughs> at all. If you're smart by yourself, but you ain't fast or strong, what you got? Yeah. You know, if, you, if, you're fat, if you're if you're big and strong, but you ain't quick and ain't smart. Yeah. You know, you get outnumbered, that situation's over. I mean, I've been in, I've been in enough fights to know how it goes when you're the only one in the fight against yeah. several other people or somebody that's not. <clears throat> I had a point like you know I did MMA, but I've been in more party fights than I ever was in the ring. So. Yeah. Those uh, those fights always didn't always turn out in my favor either. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, man. When I was in the military, we used to have a designated puncher. <laughs> For real. I don't even get it. He was the guy that didn't get as drunk as everybody else in case everybody else got too fucking drunk. <laughs> <and got fucked. laughs> what, uh, what branch did you serve in? Uh, I was in the army. Okay. Yeah, one, I was of our, one of my friends, is, uh, he's in the army reserves. On a shit, you know what the the reserves and the guard are are are, are they're they're pretty different um, because you know you get a big break and 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 when you're wearing that uniform, I'm not saying they're any less than anybody else. They're not, I, you know, that's all, right. all the same team. It is what it is. Um, but I spent a little bit of time in the guard and was like, 
fuck this, man. And, um, you know. My, my brother-in-law, the Air Force, uh, I tried to get in the Air Force, but I, I was a little too honest on the, yeah. uh, the, on the uh, screen. So when I went to, when I went to MAPS, they found the scar on my wrist and I told him I had like, I told him about the surgery I had and it was on my shoulder. I told him I had surgery too. So I get a surgeon general waiver. Yeah. And I'm assuming I didn't get, I never got a call back. So <laughs> maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't get a waiver. Maybe they just forgot about me. I don't know. But that was like two years ago. So, you know, it's crazy, man. Is back when nine 11 happened, they were taking fucking anybody. I yeah. mean, anybody. And I had gotten in with a fucking waiver because I had a, a weapons charge against me from when I was a fucking juvenile and um, they've, they dug it up, dude. And recruiter was just like, I'm going to tell you what to say, man. And he's like, my commander's going to call. This is what you're going to tell him. Told him exactly what he told me to say. And he's like, all right, you're in, man. You got a waiver. And then I remember getting out towards the, like around 2010 and I remember talking to some uh, recruiters I saw at one of the colleges I was going to when I got out, um, one of the community colleges. I was just shooting the shit, talking shit to them and all that. And I was just kind of talking to them about how things were now, you know, as opposed from, you know, 2001, 2002, when all that shit happened. And they were telling me about how they were tightening all kinds of shit up. And, you know, before just all those waivers and shit, there's not as much waivers anymore. And, you know, they're especially with the, with the big thing, the PTSD and the, and the veterans, you know, suicide rate and all that stuff, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of tightening things up. So, I mean, I would assume it would be something along the lines of that for sure. Cause my son actually went to the service and he had an, I don't know what the fuck happened, but he had an issue. Um, he basically got out of the military. Hmm like by choice like mm-hmm. they were like we just need something <laughs> and they're like we need to see his ch- child records and they pulled the record that when he was like three and he had some kind of sickness where he had something wrong with his breathing and they're like there you go that's it man see you later bro boom you know what i mean and i was like well, you know it is it is what it is man that, that life is not for everybody man no um Looking back on it now, it probably wasn't the best move for me, but when I went and talked to the Army recruiter, he was like, dude, if you would have came to me first, none of those surgeries would have had to get medicine. Because what happened was the doctor, well, my shoulder surgery, which happened like seven years ago, eight years ago now, I tore, uh, which I tore it after that, but I never had surgery again. I only had the one surgery. I tore my labor in my rotator cuff, wrestling. And uh, he was like, you would never make this medical reports if you would have just came to me first. I'm like, well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And the Air Force guy was outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> and I, at that point, like, that was at a time in my life where I was like, I need something. And uh, I'm out of options. I mean, I'm just going to go here. And he was the one standing outside. He goes, hey, man, you want to come talk to me? I was like, sure. I didn't know which branch I was going to go to. I didn't really care. I was like, I want to do something with my life. Yeah. Uh, but we talked, me and that army recruiter, we talked, and he was like, that you would have been fine. Like, cause my doctor basically said that I didn't have any use of my shoulder in my release papers Shit. because we got the wrong papers from him. And he emailed me later. was like, Hey, these are the right papers. I took them up to the recruiting. Like, it's too late now. I can't do anything about it. I'm like, you can send the surgeon general these papers that say I'm good to go. 
Yeah. And he, I don't, I gave him to him, and you know, that, at that point, that was up to him, and he never called me back. So. <clears throat> yeah, for me, I probably wouldn't have done too well. I got, I had to get out of MMA because of all of my injuries and my concussions. So mm. I probably wouldn't have been too great at the, at basic. You know what's crazy, man, is um, for me, the whole situation is kind of bittersweet, man. Um, there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that, oh, man, I, 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 paid my, I paid my due. I really did. And, um, you know, my children ask me in the recent, in recent years, ask me about, you know, my service. And I've, I've never been those kind of guys that don't talk about it. I've always, I'm like the contrary to that. And it's sometimes almost to my, to a fault. Um, but for me, you know, I told my kids, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was, um, that I'll never fight for something that I don't believe in. You know what I mean? Um, now nine 11 did happen. Yeah. And people wanted blood back then, man, the whole fucking country wanted blood back then. Yeah. And then, you know, once we got over there, motherfuckers forgot about it. You know what I mean? And, and that's what it was, you know, then everybody was left to their own thing. And then we had some kind of fucking idea that we we're going to rebuild this fucking country for some fucking reason. But obviously, you know, that's a whole story within our conversation within itself. But, you know, um, for a long time, you know, there was, I had a lot of things that I had to make peace with and, um, there was a lot of negatives to it, but there was also some positives to it. You know, I met a lot of good people, um, great friends. Um, I've had a lot of experiences that really shaped my point of view, um, like worldview uh, for the better. And, um, you know, I did get benefits as well. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be taken care of by a few people in the veteran centers when I got out and did all the paperwork for me when I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not one, I'm not one to complain. So, you know, I, I, you know, I get, you know, my healthcare and shit from the VA, the VA is not the best in the world, but you know, that all depends on who you talk to as well. You know, I, I know for me, there was times when I didn't put forth my, my best foot, you know, and I can, I can really be like, well, I know that, that I fucked that up, you know, but I did go in and, 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 and try to get better and go through all the programs and take the medication and all that stuff. And it honestly just didn't work for me too well, or maybe at the time, but. <clears throat> yeah. I look at, I look at me who I am now and like who I was a couple of years ago. And had that been 2001, I probably would have been on the first, I would have been the first in the line to, to go. But yeah. like me now, I can't say that I would, man. Like, not that I don't love the country. Like, I love this country. I, it's where I'm from. It's my land. You know, I ain't gonna leave it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think we. I think there's a lot of problems. I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. I just, I'm, I'm the same boat as you. Like, I don't fight for what I don't believe in. Yeah. And I, I've got my own opinions. I'll probably, I'll, I'll leave that there. But sure, I don't want sure. to upset anybody. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. I don't want to be respectful either. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do, I do appreciate all y'all that have fallen and all the people that serve now just like yeah. for me I feel like it's a little bit misleading but you're really not fighting for what they say you are exactly <laughs> yeah and listen man nine nine out of ten vets will tell you that too they'll be like yeah I, I totally agree and, and most of them are out there I can't say that but the guys that I met are out there who are who do believe in it you know they're just out there to to, 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 to get the bad guy right and it's mm-hmm. like well who's the bad guy man like come on um, it depends my, on my brother-in-law's in, in that category. I, I think we've yeah. from all the conversations we've had. I mean, I don't know. I don't know his brain. I yeah. 
we talk when we talk. And uh, every time he's young, he's got that, like, hero mentality. He's security forces. Um, yeah. Before he went overseas, he was like, you know, I got these people on the base that I got to take, you know, got to keep everybody in line. I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. He's like, I've seen some, like, he's seen some shit. I'm not going to lie. Like, he, yeah. he, uh, he watched a dude he trained with kill himself. Like, mm. he had some rough stuff happen. But yeah. I think that, like, all in all, his mentality is still, like, I'm, I'm doing something to be the good guy, to be the hero. Um, yeah, and I, and I, that's, and I get that. I've got the same, I've got a mentality like that too. Mine just works in a different way. Yeah. No, I get that too, man. Um, I just, I had my fill of it. You know what I mean? And for me, I'm like, I know that, you know, serving my country doesn't mean wearing a uniform, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is the people who did fight for our rights fought for our rights to, to also speak against, you know, mm-hmm. your beliefs and their beliefs. And it is yeah, what it is. Uh, I, like I said earlier, though, I'm a bit of a prepper. You know, I think something's going to happen at some point. I've got body armor. I've been, do, I've taken, which working security, I got a little bit of an edge because yeah. I did have to do close quarters training and stuff for yeah. the hospital just because I was the only armed guard we had. So I had to know how to maneuver. Yeah. But I've done my own training with other people too, like trying to learn exactly how I need to move outside yeah. of my MMA experience. Because hand to hand only does you so good if there's a gun. Yeah. You ever do any live, um, any live shoot houses or anything like that? Um, I did one with simulation back in college. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what's crazy, man? Um, I was out in Bragg's. <laughs> you know where Bragg's at? Yeah. I was out there, dude, and they got fucking cities that are like firing ranges. I mean, okay. they have underground tunnels and everything, bro. Huge places. And I remember I remember jumping out of airplanes over these fucking things and being like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, that's range nine or range whatever. And, and I remember we had this big joint uh, training exercise and it was like all the infantry guys, the artillery guys, the mounted guys, like we all were part of this huge mission. And we came to this city and I was like, holy shit, man. Like it's literally, they brought in people who worked for like a, um, I don't know, like some other third party or, or, or private contractor company to like, like be actors in the city. It was fucking <laughs> crazy, dude. Like they had shit out in the streets, like little market food markets and shit. It tripped us out, man. It was some crazy shit, man. Good training, but it was getting transported to the whole other world there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it was, man. It was something else. The one I did was with the police department in the town where I did my, uh, where I did college at, where I got my first degree at. Yeah. The uh, special, I guess, SWAT team, basically. It wasn't really, it was a, it was like a faster, uh, quicker response team, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were kind of comprised of like the county and the couple cities next door. So like it was a group of people. Yeah. And so the university police and the city police got to go to this and do this little training. And they took some of the uh, criminal justice majors with them uh, from the uh, business fraternity that we were in. We were all, we'd all been working with the department to get ready for the handgun competition at nationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, or re- actually regionals first than nationals. We were trying to get to shoot. We were all trying to get better at shooting so that we could win the competition and go to nationals. Yeah. Like, hey, well, this isn't really part of what you're going to have to do there. But if you want to, we're doing some ignition training down here. And it's like, it was like in the old dorm. Yeah. So that's all. I mean, it was just a building, but I got hit in the neck. Sure. <laughs> okay, it does. Those simunition is for anybody who doesn't know, simunition is like 
I mean, I don't know about what you were using, but what we were using was actual casings, the same kind of casing, like a two, two, three casing and less powder in it. And at the yeah. tip, it was just like a plastic tip with ink or paint inside of it. So that plastic tip is still coming at you pretty fucking fast. You know what I mean? It was like that. Uh, we use the same situation with the, uh, the plastic and the less like the lower powder. But the, dude, that shit hurts. Fuck yeah, it does. You got to change the for like the M4s. I remember we had to change the bolt to mm-hmm. use the ammunition because it's something else about it, the extractor pen or something like that that. Uh, there's not enough uh, there's not enough powder coming out of it so exactly. yeah, yeah that's what it is yeah pretty yeah. fun stuff man pretty good I, uh, pretty good I, work, I spend a little bit of time working as a firearm salesman and oh, yeah. uh, we had a, I had a regular who'd come in he was like, biggest gun nut ever he was in there telling me all about like how some munition works I, I'm in a shop I had no idea how that shit worked <laughs> he was telling me like, the whole concept of it and everything yeah. and how I got brought in and all this he's like and it's supposed to feel like you're getting shot by a real bullet. I was like, well, I've never been shot by a real bullet, but I can imagine that if it feels anywhere close to that, I don't want to either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, uh, we didn't wear, we didn't wear armor. Mm-hmm. When we had like just a plate carrier on nothing underneath it. So you get shot anywhere else. Like you get shot in your arm from when you're feeling that that's going to like leave yeah. a bruise. Fuck. Yeah, dude. That should fuck you up, man. You ever seen those, um, they have like these little hand grenades. They're like um, the same thing. They're like a simulation, but it's a grenade. And what it is, it has a blasting cap on the inside. It, well, it's just a blasting cap, but it's like a little different type. And mm-hmm. pull the tr- pull the the pin just like a normal grenade. Obviously, you can put the little lever back on there, but you pull the pin, uh, toss that motherfucker, and obviously the the body of the grenade doesn't you know tear apart. But those things are pretty cool. I remember seeing those. Man, those are pretty similar awesome like, similar like a hornet's nest like the other rounds grenades. no they didn't blow up they just made oh, a loud fucking boom that's all but um i haven't uh, experienced any of those um, i've seen the hornet's nest type uh, grenades that have the rubber bullets inside of them that's for like crowd control type shit right yeah that's the crowd controlled um grenades i've seen i've never been hit by those but i have seen them work and man that's just like they're crazy fuck that <laughs> like the tactics and the tactics and stuff at riot teams i'm just like man y'all need y'all like have you tried something not as aggressive? <laughs> and you know it is what it is, man. They they you know that's that's what they do, you know. And I, I know I know recently there's been a lot of bullshit that's been happening. I talked talk to one of my professors who worked. He uh, he spent his entire career before he became a professor in corrections like, uh-huh. inside the inside the prisons and stuff. And he was talking yeah. about the crowd control stuff. We got to have a conversation about that. I'm like, but didn't you learn the psychological aspect of that? Is what you mean? Is like if you push, they're gonna push back. Yeah. Like, so if you, if you walk up on somebody that's just trying to be calm and cool, they're going to sit, they're going to pick up on your aggression and they're going to be yeah. aggressive back. And then that's just going to be almost become a whole shitstorm that nobody needs. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's a really fine line to, to walk, man. It's a yeah, very fine line. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things. Like I always tell my fiance whenever we're like out, like, Hey, just like keep your eyes peeled. Like yeah. you never know what somebody's capable of. So just, don't get comfortable. Don't don't get so comfortable that you're complacent. And it's one of those things I thought was like, you know, you don't know because somebody can not be aggressive and then become an aggressor like that. Or yeah. you can have too much of a level of, you know, a heightened sense of security, I guess. Exactly. And be misplaced. I'm more I'm I'm more prone to that than I am of not being as ready as I should. 
Well, you know what, man, for me, what I've, what I've done to kind of can, to kind of keep that balance is just be open with people and, and be honest because you'll see, you know, Hey, hello, you know, hi, look into eye contact, smiling at people and just being nice to people. You'll, you'll notice somebody who's off, you know, and it's not even me scanning the room. It's just me saying hi to all the people, you know, that, that for me keeps me balanced where I'm like, you know, I'm not fucking worried about shit, but I know that if something comes up, I'll be like, what the fuck is that? Like, there's something weird about that, you know, and maybe, um, make my ears that's hurt. not a normal yeah yeah or somebody's in a bad fucking mood or something you know what i mean you you'll you'll be able to tell you know i <clears throat> definitely be able to read those social cues um yes i do sure. get a little careful at times to a fault i've noticed well the thing is though there's there's even guys that walk around with fucking ifax on their fucking on their ankles and you're like come on oh, dude, dude. <laughs> 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 He would come to work every day, like, I'm like, are you carrying? He goes, no. I was like, well, what's like, you don't have a line of defense. You're just ready to, you're just ready to heal a wound. Like, <laughs> well, hey, I mean, not even just that. I mean, just guys that, that are like, and man, it is what it is, dude. You could do whatever the fuck you want to do. But for me, I'm like, there's definitely, there's definitely a line where you cross to become that guy that has the like battle belt ready to go. Exactly. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Double. You've got full battle rabble in the yeah, trunk of your car. Exactly. Yeah. You're trying to get some on your fucking waist. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm talking you're, about. And you go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you're what I'm going, talking about, man. You go and get some milk, like, and you, you're strapping up, you know, the whole the whole nine yards to go get a gallon of milk. I mean, it's fear. You know what I mean? It's fear at the end of the day. And and you can't you can't let that fucking run your life, man. It's good to be have some kind of healthy sense of awareness and a little bit of you know um you know have your bullshit meter on but um yeah you know, after that for me it's like yeah you know, you know fear is a, it's a it's a human it's a it's a very human thing to be that that defense mechanism comes out of fear and of course. the point of we over we either overthink it or we underthink it like yeah we don't really have that middle ground for the for the most part unless you actually like work on it Exactly. I think that I, I worked in jobs and you did too, being in the military where you've got to be at a high level of yeah. danger. You know, every turn you make could be the wrong turn. Yeah. And so like, it's one of those things where if you, if you let that take control of your life, you're not getting it back. So you've got to make sure that when you're not working, you're actually not working. <laughs> yeah. And that could be hard for people that don't have other outlets or, you it's know, okay. don't. It took a lot for me, man. I remember when I first started working in the apartment security, it was a cake job. Yeah. I worked in, I was in, I was in a small town working one apartment complex. I was friends with everybody that lived there. I didn't have a single word. We had a guy break into cars, but like I never had to deal with that cops. I wasn't a cop. So cops dealt with that. Right. Then when I got to a bigger place, I was working bigger stuff. I got into more shit. I've had guns pulled on me, like all kinds of crap. Yeah. Like, that flipped a switch. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, I could die doing this job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not even know what I'm like, not even be prepared. Like, the, when I got shot at, dude, I was walking out to my car to get a can of dip. <sighs> and a uh, dude had just like robbed somebody at the uh, restaurant right up at the top of the road from the complex and ran into the complex and yeah. saw me in my uniform. And mm. uh, that yeah. was that was all he needed to see to start shooting. I was yeah. like, driving down my car and putting a dip in my, my partner because I was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I'm getting shot. I need nicotine right now. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. will shoot back in a second. <laughs> you know, but, I, uh, 
Um, when I, I, had to, I definitely had to like take a while for that to kind of, the, uh, you know, lower itself. Or, like we'd go yeah. to the bar and I'd be like on edge. I couldn't even enjoy a, like a, just a night out for drinks because I was like, mm, somebody here is going to do something that doesn't, they don't need to do. Yeah. No, you know, what's crazy is, um, you know, I grew up around that kind of stuff, man. You know, I, I, first time I ever had a gun pulled out on me, I was 13 years old, man. And somebody pulled it out to my forehead in the middle of the street, like busy street. These motherfuckers like drove up on the sidewalk on me. You know, uh, this is something, especially like in big cities, you know, you, this is what you get, man. You get fucking gangs and you get kids get caught up in the fucking mix. And actually, you know, little kids walk around with a fucking gun in his pocket. But, um, when I got out of the, when I got out of the service, dude, I went to work as a security guard somewhere. Cause I, I, I didn't have anywhere to live at, dude. And I was, um, I didn't have a job, man. And somebody at the vet center, they were having, you know, they post little things and there's this guy hiring people for security, you know, it's RIP, you know, I didn't have any money, so it was better than nothing. And they hired me right on the spot and shit. And <laughs> I remember one time I was, I was, I was working at a fucking Walmart, dude, like a parking lot, fucking security guard. And, uh, this is like 10, 12 years ago. And I remember one time I was, I was parked out, uh, just kind of overwatching the whole parking lot and, and like towards the back, like away from the entrance and this big old truck pulls in. It's all, it's all nice. Got a nice paint job, some nice rims and shit. You know, it's got a, at a radio, like a loud ass radio system. This dude hops out and his girl and they fucking walk into to Walmart and shit. And I'm sitting there fucking minding my own fucking business. And this other car pulls in like right behind this motherfucker dude and stop right behind the truck. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This car is full of motherfuckers, dude. And next thing you know, these guys hop out of the fucking one side closer to the truck. And the guy's got a fucking, um, I don't know, like a bat or something. And he fucking pow, breaks the window and the guy in the passenger seat is staring at me. And I'm like, Oh shit. And I, I started looking over and the guy in the passenger, he hops out, fucking pulled his shotgun out, dude, cocks it. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I'm good, bro. <laughs> I'm good, dog. I'll see you guys later. bro. I'm going to turn the car and I take off. I was like, hell no, man. I ain't going to get fucking shot for that. dude. Fuck. Okay, I, uh, I remember they were talking about when I first started working as security, like, hey, you know, if anybody pulls a gun on you, just, I'm like, oh, if anybody pulls a gun on me, they're getting whatever the fuck they want. You pay me, you pay me $10 an hour. That's not enough to get shot. Yeah, I knew this dude who was opposite of that, man. He's over there all trying to chase motherfuckers down. They were stealing TV. <laughs> Even the managers were like, what are you doing, man? They could fucking kill you, you know? I don't know. I, I hired a lot of guys like that in that, uh, when I worked for one security company when I was a supervisor, man, I hired a lot of guys that, when they, when they interviewed, they're like, yeah, man, you know, I think I can do the job. Uh, you know, it's something I want to do for help me on my path or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. They get in, they're, they're doing pretty good. And then, like, after, you know, after I've done all my training there on their own, I get a call like, hey, this dude's harassing somebody for a noise complaint. I'm like, well, he's like, that's the rules. We got to follow go. They're, <laughs> they're college kids. Yeah. They're going to smoke pot in their apartments and drink beer. And they're going to listen to loud music. Like, it's okay. Just tell them to turn the music down and walk off. Yeah. Or get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, there is no need to make these problems big. Like it's, exactly. it's, it's, they're listening to little Wayne from 08 really loud. I'm sorry if you don't like that, but just tell them to turn that shit down. Dude, I, think, I, have kids. 
at that point. One time that I walked up on, they were on their balcony smoking weed, and I'm just like staring at them, like, "Is this not legal here?" Yeah. And so oh. my rule is, if I see it, I gotta call it in. I gotta call the cops. Oh no, shit! But I'm not gonna do that shit. That's just yeah. not me. Yeah. Like they're just like, they're freshmen. Like most of the people that live in that apartment complex are freshmen. And their parents just bought them an apartment. Okay. A bunch of rich ass kids, man. I was like, yeah. I'm not that. I'm from fucking Podunk, small ass town. I'm yeah. like, no, nah, we ain't had no money growing up. Yeah. I used to eat bread sandwiches, like, <laughs> right? We, uh, so I walk over to him and like trying to hide the hide the fucking blunt. I'm like, y'all might as well just do it. Bring that shit out in front of my face. I already know what you're doing. This yeah. is my. I done. I do this shit. I'm not like I'm not getting y'all fine. Yeah. I'm letting you know right now that. That's the only warning I can give you. My rules are I got to do what I got to do to get my paycheck. But I can't come into your apartment. So whatever you do inside your apartment, I can't say, like, they're like, so we can smoke inside. I was like, I'm not telling you where you can smoke. I'm just saying you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> I'm I saying think- you shouldn't do it outside. <laughs> Those are tough jobs, man. You know, um, being, I got a bit by that guy. <laughs> what's that? I had a dude bite me. No shit. What? Shit. We had a guy, uh, he was uh, ex Marine. And him and his wife went out to the bars and uh, got back. He was drunk. I mean, I just saw him like an hour before all this shit went down. He was like, Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. And we walked over. He was thrown up by the car and we just checked on him. Like, no, I'm good. I just had too much to drink. I'm about to go outside. I was like, all right, man, well, sleep it off, dude. Take you some ibuprofen and drink some water. You'll be good in the morning. And uh, we get a call about an hour later. Same apartment. Dude's trying to kill his downstairs neighbor. Is what all the call said. So I don't know anything about this dude. I've never met him except for the one time I saw him puking. Neighbors. (laughs) And uh, I had never met this guy. And uh, his wife's like, just sees us and starts screaming at us like hey back up he was he was a sniper like all this stuff like he's he's having an episode i'm like well i can't let him hurt this person who asked him and his watch to stop fighting yeah so like i'm just like i gotta figure something out i come up i tell my buddy i was like hey man go ahead and get uh police over here because it's pretty much out of our job right now but we can keep yeah. him away from doing anything or hurt himself He's already broke the window. His he's, his arms cut up, man. His back. He, uh, his wife had stabbed him in the back. Times with a pair of scissors to try and get him to calm down. Apparently, it was she told the cops. I don't know. I don't know who thinks, hey, if I stab you, you'll calm down. But uh, yeah, right. He's, he does, and he just goes off, man. You know, we went back and forth trying to calm him down. I was calling him sir, trying to be respectful. He was like, I'm not a sir. He's calling. He's calling me boot and stuff. When I, when he started calling me boot, I was like, oh, this dude don't know where he's at. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what's going on in his head, but something's different. Like he yeah. wouldn't just call me boot. Yeah. That's military slang and he knows I'm not in the military. Yeah. That's when his wife started explaining some more shit and how he has PTSD and everything. I'm like, all right, well I don't I definitely don't want this guy to get hurt now. Like he's got more shit to get going on. Yeah. Well, he finally starts trying to fight us and decides he's gonna leave the neighbor alone and start trying to fight us. He uh, he chases my partner down and throws a punch at him, misses and then turns on me and I've got about three seconds to play chess in my head real quick to figure out what his move is. Yeah. Ended up, he ends up charging me and I ended up locking him up in a little overhook. It was like, I don't have any other option right now, but to put this guy on the ground mm-hmm. and get him, hold him until he calms down. Hopefully. That's why I was like, I don't want to hurt him. So like, that's my only thing. My only thought was, so I just did a little hip toss, got him on the ground. I was like, hold him down. And he leans over and run the back of my neck. <laughs> God damn. I was like, you fucking bit me. <laughs> I let him go, and he uh, we ended up having to pepper spray him. I felt terrible about that. But we talked, like, 
two weeks after all that happened when he got out of the hospital because he was in the hospital for a while since he had open wounds and pepper spray went got in the open wounds. Yeah. Damn. Had to keep in the hospital. And uh, <laughs> we talked and he was like, hey, you're not pressing charges on me? I was like, no, you went, that wasn't you, man. That was something else. Yeah. You know, you, you had a moment and I'm good. You're good. Nobody got hurt for real. Yeah. Like we're all still alive. I I'm not gonna make you. It was a. It would have been like a class three assault charge. So it would maybe really, maybe cost him two grand. I'm like, I'm not gonna make you pay two thousand dollars, dude. Yeah, it's a tricky situation, man. I, dude, I, me, for me, myself, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that kind of material, dude. I, <clears throat> even when I got out of the military, man, I was offered jobs of working law enforcement, and even working for that little short stint security, I was like, fuck this, man. Oh. I just can't do it, man. You know, cause there's, I'm I just, I'm not a big fan of policing motherfuckers, man. I'm really not, you know, it could be cause I don't have patience or it could be because, you know, I don't know, maybe I see something else in it, but for me, myself, it's a tough thing to do, man. It's a tough thing to do to come across somebody who's already having a shitty fucking day, you know, and especially with like police officers, man, like, God damn, like a scenario like that in another world, you know, the guy would end up shot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. You've heard it before many times, you know, and it's, it's that was, unfortunate. Uh, that was my biggest reason for getting out of the whole thing was like, I just didn't feel like myself anymore. Yeah. You thing, yeah, I'm not doing this. yeah I was, I was miserable. Well, I you went know, to work miserable. I came home miserable. Like, I just did not feel happy with what I was doing in my life. And it, yeah. At that point, I'm working in the hospital, and I mainly stayed in the psych ward, having to hold down patients who just had some mental issues, like yeah, misunderstood, or you know, they fallen on hard times and did drugs. Yeah. Like I remember having to wrestle a big old six foot dude to the ground with the help of a couple other guards because you know my scrawny ass wasn't doing it by myself. He was on meth, and I'm like, the whole time I was in there doing, I'm like, I don't want to have to like hit this guy or hurt him. Like he's yeah. he's not himself right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't use meth. You know, I, I try to stay away from that shit. But like, if you if you fall into that, I'm not gonna sit there and hold that against you. Yeah. I don't know your story, you know. Yeah. It's not it's not my place to judge anybody. I got my own problems to worry about. Yeah, there's not too many people who, or there's not there's some people who don't hold that. You know, there's some people who just want to fucking fuck shit up, or you know, they want to put their their they want to force <clears throat> their what is it called? Power on you. You know what I mean? And you get motherfuckers like that, man, where it's like well, about the power at times, man. There's so many people that it's all about the power with. Oh yeah. I've seen them myself. I mean, I've seen them in the military, dude. I, I've seen guys who, who became like, who got bloodlust. Um, you know, when I was in the service, I had been in fucking many firefights. I had been in many situations like that. You know, I was, I went in with other, um, teams in my in my unit and, and and went with them and did things with them you know not just with my team and I got my fill of it you know after a certain amount of time but I still had to do it and then there was guys who didn't and those are the guys that were like even at the end of the, of the deployment they're still like now nah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back you know I still blah 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 and it's like what <laughs> like no thanks man like I've had my fucking fill dude you know what I mean? I had guys that went to school with me that trained, like, did all the training and stuff I did with the law enforcement around town. Yeah. That the whole reason they wanted to be a cop, the badge and the gun. They yeah. wanted to have that control. Like, if some shit went down, they needed to use, like, they needed to fight, they just had a gun. I was like, I I, I know several guys that are cops right now that sitting there and told me, like, oh, if he's bigger than me, I'm just going to shoot him. I'm like, no, you can't <laughs> do that. Like, 
have you tried words? <laughs> yeah. That's sometimes that don't work. But like if you're going into the, something like that, the military law enforcement with the, with the idea of if I get into a situation, I just have to, I just have a gun. That's yeah. all I got to worry about. I just, I'm going to put somebody down. Yeah. I, I don't think, think that's a healthy mentality to have. Like, I know there may be a time one day where I've got to use my guns. Yeah. One of my guns. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to it. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely don't want to take a life. I mean, even if, if it, but if it comes down to my family or me, you know, yeah. I'll do what I have to do, but at the same time, I'm not going to be okay with it. Like, I don't yeah. think I can live with that. Yeah, it'll take it'll take a little bit of uh, making sense of it to kind of uh, process it for sure. Uh, and yeah, I have seen those other guys too. Where I'm like, yeah, dude, you, you're the kind of guy that gives firearm owners or or you know people who are police officers or in that position a bad name, man. You know what I mean? Just motherfuckers like you. You know what I mean? And and also, it's rough because you get good people that end up leaving, or you get um you know people that just end up not giving a shit you know because of that type of mentality it spreads it spreads like fucking wildfire man it's just like god damn it's it gets dangerous man you know i mean that's one of the reasons why i also left too i was like i can't see myself doing this any longer without putting a fucking barrel down my own mouth you know what i'm saying and pulling the fucking trigger because this is just too much for me guys i like, people don't get that realization though they, they end up they end up on the wrong side of that gun Exactly. Like I, I can see the writing on the wall, dude. And uh, for me, I still want to live my life and I still want to experience a lot of other things besides this. Like, no thanks, man. It's not, not for me. How did I get with the, so um, <clears throat> I, I know I have a recording on YouTube for anybody. I, I should fucking, I feel every time I listen to it, I'm like, damn, I need to take that fucking thing down, dude. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, I, I had issues, you know, with being overseas and, and doing some killing and seeing some killing and, you know, spilling mm-hmm. and shedding blood. And, you know, I came back out to regular society and there was no no place for it, but I didn't have an off switch and, you know, spent spent about two years running around like a fucking maniac and somehow avoiding being shot and avoiding being in prison. And, um, you know, got to a point where I had to do something. So I went into the VA and went through a couple of rehabilitation centers, a couple of PTSD clinics, you know, took the medication, did the psychotherapy and uh, it just wasn't working for me, man. I did that for about three, four years, about four years. And then I remember hearing Rick Doblin talking about the MDMA tests, uh, clinical trials that they were doing and started looking into MDMA and then, you know, found out MDMA wasn't as easily as accessible. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I, I learned how to cultivate my own fungus and, um, ate, ate said fungus. And then, um, you know, I think like about last year was the year that I kind of was tired of, of, you know, not being able to have conversations, you know, about these psychedelics or about these plants or fungus. (laughs) And, you know, with people here, you know, I can only tell my wife so much until she's just like, I get it. They're good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm not a big Facebook person. I was on Facebook for like three fucking weeks in like 2008 and was like, no, thanks. Um, so I got on Reddit. I never knew what Reddit was. And somebody had told me about it and jumped in on there and just kind of turned off by the whole thing. I mean, there, yeah, there were some good people there. And then I was just like, ah, this is too much. And I came across madness in Reddit. He had jumped on and he was starting all kinds of shit with a bunch of people. And I was fucking talking shit and fucking just having a good time. And then I remember he posted his, his, one of his first YouTube uh, videos on there and shit. And I was talking shit to him. And then he got into this big old fucking thing with some of the admins and was 
And then he's all like, DMT world, this is where I'm going. See you guys later. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I clicked on the fucking link. Boom. And I got in and was like, oh shit. Cool, man. I could, I can, I can, I can fuck with this man. And, um, you know, it's the, the infancy of, of, of the website, you know, it was, it was attracting because, you know, there was such a small core group of members and they were doing a good thing and, you know, they were spreading positive vibes and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to jump on the fucking train, man. And, you know, that's it. That's, that's all, you know, the rest is history. You know what I mean? Right. That's I started, awesome. started doing some of the talks last year and we, we uploaded them to YouTube and I left for a little bit last year and like Christmas time, around Christmas time. I had to kind of reassess a lot of things, man. And, but you know, the, the conversations were good. I always missed them. I always missed them. I was always like, man, those are real good. And talked to a few people on like YouTube or something. Cause I'm always fucking around on YouTube as well. And, um, everybody was asking about the conversations and shit. And I was like, came back and the admins were good. And, you know, uh, they were cool enough to, you know, to 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 give me the opportunity because you know when I left I left in a little bit of a fucking you know I pop smoke dog <laughs> you know it, was, it wasn't the best fucking way you know but I knew I was gonna be back I was just like hey I'm fucking out I'll be back later you know but um they they you know gave me the opportunity to come back and in a little bit of a different um aspect and um you know start, came back uh, not too long ago like maybe I don't know six months ago or something like that. I only well, I was gone. I was gone for like two or three months, and then came back and um, just started doing these. Man, just having conversations with people. You know what I mean? Uh, when I first uh, when I first got on there, I started listening. I found well, I uh, found your podcast, and uh, I was like, shit. I listen to podcasts every day on my way to work and on the way home. And yeah. I, I usually all listen to them sometimes throughout work too, just because I lift heavy shit all day. I need something else to get off. I, don't, I need something off my mind, you know. So yeah. I, listened to, I started listening to your stuff. I'm like, shit, this dude actually has really good conversations. So yeah, like, we you, have you to put up there in my rotation with Duncan Trussell and uh, JRE and all that oh, shit. Oh, this shit. <laughs> like, I, listen, I listen to it pretty heavily. Uh, I still listen yeah. to him. I still catch him when I can, but uh, yeah. I listen to podcasts much. I listen to uh, – last one I listen to the one you do with Seder. Um, oh, yeah. Dude, I, man, for me, um, it's been a pretty good experience, man, uh, so far. There's always a big learning curve, man. I, I don't know anything about this, but what I did know is I like hearing people's stories, you know, and I like pe- listening to people, you know, um, you know, the stories are real, real good, man. And I know sometimes they're inspirational to some people, you know, and, and some people can relate to them and some people can't, some people probably get on here and they're like, fuck this. And it's okay. You know, you could do whatever you want, man. It's, it's, I'm not fucking forcing anybody to listen, but, um, Right. You know, a lot, a lot of it is for me too to kind of learn. You know, um, um, like have people on here that know way more than me and, and just prick their brains and learn a little something. So, you know, like I said, I'm new to all of this. You know, so I'm. It's, That's what I love about the community so much. That's what I love about the community so much. It's like there's people that know. Like I'm, I'm all about. I want to learn. I'm smart enough to know that I don't know a damn thing. Exactly. So I want to learn some shit. Like teach me. And if people learn, I mean, I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's people that are teaching, they're saying stuff that they may not know all everything about, but at the same time, you gotta, you weed through that and you find the truth and everything. There's truth and so there's truth everywhere. Uh, and I've got to look in um, a lot of the stuff. Times I'll like, I'll find something on the ayahuasca, pharma, all that stuff, you know. Uh, DMT, I've been doing, I've been reading all the trip reports and stuff, just trying to like 
give myself in the headspace to be ready for it. Oh shit, man! <laughs> that kind of, I know there's, I know there's really no getting ready for that. <laughs> there's not, dude. I've had some fucking um, some um, experiences that I will never forget um, with DMT, man. And um, <clears throat> some of them have really opened my eyes to a different world that that is out there, a different reality, and it's some of it overlays with this reality and it's um you know it's a little mystical sometimes like you're just like ah, it's kind of but it's like magic bro it's like <laughs> like, like you, you could say the word magic and people are like the fuck out of here right but you know <laughs> when i when i procure dmt it's i mean it, it's and then you I realize that these plants are are illegal like there's mm -hmm. like somebody told us hey you cannot have these and and when you experience it you're like oh what the fuck it makes you think and question things you know yeah. oh yeah dude i remember my first trip on mushrooms i was questioning everything man and it was like shoot I, there was a point in that trip that i was there going like what's real right now and what's not because i was seeing some shit that i could touch yeah but it wasn't there like i mean i guess it, you know it's kind of how you believe like to me that was real that's real yeah like, well it was but right somebody else like i'm sitting there talking to somebody that's sober on the couch like hey you see that little gnome right there he's talking <laughs> mad shit like they're like you're fucking crazy <laughs> yeah you know um it definitely opens opens your uh mind up to a whole lot of things that you would have never thought of before and it definitely makes you question shit for sure it doesn't it and it changes your perspective slightly you know and, and even that small that small little click you know in the perspective wheel or gear if you will makes a big difference um and um sometimes for the better <laughs> most of the time i you know i I've, I've even now i've i still try to make sense of some of the experiences that i had last year with dmt i'm like they're still clear as day you know but um I think for me, the one thing that, that sticks the most is just the fact that we do live in a, in a world where, you know, they tell us that we can't have these plants or we can't do, you know, what we can't fuck with these plants, but these plants have been here before us. You know, some of these like fungus, you know, like there was a fucking uh, a fossil of this mushroom or something that was found like to be a four billion year old fucking you know fruit body like what the fuck yeah. somewhere out in brazil or some shit and you're like god like this this is it, it just it blows my mind and it makes me really wonder you all the cultures that still use this stuff and like they use it for good reasons yeah. um and people use it like people here use it before we ever got here you know any of us and it's just one of like they'll, they'll tell you what they want to tell you you can and can't do um I don't know. For me, it's never been the cure as much as it's been a catalyst and the cure is me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely, it, it, it helps me to understand where I'm messing up or where I need to fix something or where something's okay. Yeah. Even, uh, I definitely feel like it's not, it's not the answer, but it's the key. It's a key. Yeah. Cool. It may not open the right door for the right time, but it'll open a door and you'll need that door at some point. Yeah. That's why exactly. I look at it. Um, but the whole, the whole thing with it, with them telling you what you can and can't use the plants, especially like, you know, it's, it, it grows like, fuck you mean? I can't, it's, that's growing for me on like, like you can't tell me what part of the land I can't use. Yeah. I can cut down a tree and make firewood. Why can't I eat that fungus that just grew off that tree? You know? Well, the or, fact of the matter though, is people are still going to fucking do it. People are still going to do whatever the fuck they do. And, and 
For me, I also understand too. Like um, I was talking to Panda the other day on one of these one of these podcasts, and he was kind of you know had me look at a different perspective about how you know changing these things overnight, the legality of these things overnight. Yeah, it would bring you know the worst and and some best or whatever. You know, there's going to be consequences. I understand, but I think that the way it is right now is the way that it's supposed to be because it's happening slowly. You know, people are starting to change people's perspectives and opinions, you know, and, and I think it's fine how it is minus that, but it's okay. That's the goal. And, and it'll come. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's an all or nothing thing. I think it does have to take time. I don't think you can just throw, all right, Hey guys, here's you some DMT. Here's you some mushrooms. Enjoy. Like, no, that's good. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to ease and ease people into that. You can't just, you, you got to dip your toes in the water a little bit. You can't just dive in at first. Exactly. Yeah. And not, it, without, not without the consequences. And that's like, that's with anything for me. It's like, you know, where I grew up, alcohol was a thing. And then you graduated yeah. from Wilson into meth. And that was, that's, that's my, that's my hometown. Like, yeah. Uh, and I've seen people, like, I've seen the shit that they do. You know, you start just a little bit and you're getting drunk at, you know, 13 years old. Yeah. You know, by the time you graduate high school, you're taking oxy every day you're not sober for a second and you end up graduating the meth and it's, you're not even you anymore. And it's all about just not taking it slow, not doing things at the right time. And mm-hmm. uh, that dive in mentality works for some things, but I don't think it does for substances. I agree. Meth, I think meth. I messed myself up in certain situations by doing shit earlier than I needed to and, true. and, and jumping off of the fucking deep end. That's it's true. a high dive and just fucking did a backflip, man. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. And that's that thing where I was saying earlier is like, you know, get your fucking fill, man. You know, some of us, you know, <laughs> we still, we still touch the stove, you know, even though, <laughs> even though we're told it's hot, we're like, let me see. <laughs> right. I don't uh, believe I'm going to, I'm going to find out for myself. Yeah. I'm going to find out for myself. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that, that, that works. That works. I got to well. run a joke with my fiance. I'm a, I'm a hard way lesson type person. <laughs> right. Fuck. I, man. Like, I like to learn the hard way. <laughs> That's not always a good fucking, I mean, it doesn't feel well, good sometimes. No, sometimes it hurts. Yeah, it <laughs> sometimes does. you break a bone, but no, I, I've, I've gotten better about that. But I will say I spent most of my life, most of the lessons I've learned have not been the easy way. Yeah. No, I, I can't believe that. Climb, you know, I've climbed a tree too many times with broken branches, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's it's a, that learning experience. It has to be a meaningful one for us, right? <laughs> That's like I was telling uh, I was telling T Rex we were talking the other day. Well, everybody that was in there was talking the other day about just different different this and that of like adrenaline stuff. And yeah. I was like I free climb, mm-hmm. but uh, I free climb. I've been free climbing for a while. Yeah. I don't do it nearly as much anymore. But I remember the day I bought gear to start climbing with ropes and shit because. I was about 55 foot up on a cliff uh, cliff face over nothing but rock. And me and my buddies are all hiking. And I was like, I can climb that shit. You know, I was 19, 20 maybe. I can climb that shit for sure. I get about 55 foot up and I'm like, I look down, I look up, I'm like, well, there's no going back down. So I got to get to the top of the chip. And I put my hand up, grab a rock, slip. Fuck. And that was like that moment for me to like, oh, okay. Yeah. You were invincible up until now. Because, <laughs> you know, you do something so long for successfully, you know, you're like, okay, yeah. I can't mess this up. I'm good at this. 
You yeah. know, it's like you get in a fight for you, – you win 25 fights and then you get knocked out one time. Like, that's all it takes Yeah, to start fighting more carefully. But um, after that, I was like – I went to the store. I started buying gear. I was like, I'm going to learn how to climb right. the ropes, doing the indoor <laughs> climb ropes. Like that. I ain't fucking – I ain't dying for that shit. The adrenaline rush is not worth me not being alive at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, there comes a lot of safety with that for sure, man. I That reminded me of <clears throat> when I was like 17, man. <laughs> this is fucking stupid. <laughs> There was this little cove and this lake over here, and there's people die in this fucking lake all fucking like every year. There's always somebody who dies at this fucking lake, dude, out here where I'm at, Lake Pleasant. Mm-hmm. And I was like 17, we went out there and we had this barbecue, and there's this little cove, and I was like, yeah, I could swim across it, you know. I was like, yeah, I could do it. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. I get I get over there, man, and I'm fucking swimming. I get about halfway, and I'm like, oh shit, like I'm starting to breathe really hard and every time I breathe in and now I'm going down into the water I look back and they're so fucking far away from me I'm all trying to scream but I scream and I start falling into the water and I'm like fuck and I'm looking over I've got about another maybe 50 meters to go dude and I'm like dude I don't think I'm gonna fucking make this man and I try to slow down I try to float but my heart was beating so fast and you know, I couldn't control my breath. I was just, cause I was mm-hmm. a little bit panicking, but I was also tired and just spent. And I remember making peace <laughs> with God. I was like, man, this is how I'm going to die. Fuck. And I was like, I guess I fucking guess. And I just, <sighs> and the water starts going up past my face, dude. And I, I feel this branch underneath dude. And I was like, fuck. And I grab onto this little branch dude. And I'm just fucking swaying back and forth with my fucking nose right above the water, dude. I mean, I I had already accepted my fucking death, dude. And I started fucking laughing so fucking hard and crying at the same time. I was like, Oh my God, I am such a dumbass. I was literally about to fucking just go to the bottom of the fucking lake, man. Oh yeah. I've got, I've got scarred for most of my lessons. Uh, I used to mount. I was mountain biking one time. We were riding this trail that I'd never ridden before. A buddy of mine that I rode with was like, so there's a rock that's about 15 foot. You can get some good air off of it, but you got to land, right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, yeah, no problem. I do this shit all the time. He's sitting like walking. He's, he's done it before. He's like walking me through like the technique. And I'm not listening to it. Yeah. I was 16. I'm not listening to what this fucker's saying. He was like uh, 20 something years old. He, we, me and him rode together every now and then, but he used to like, that was his life was mountain biking. Mm-hmm. downhill rides and everything i'm like he's he's telling me shit unless it's going out the other ear and we get to that rock and i watch him jump i'm like oh that's just cake no worries <laughs> fucking and i'm looking at the like the trails here you hit the rock like this um and he like you'd like turn when you come off the rock so you land on the trail yeah so i thought i turned <laughs> but like i'm in the air staring at a fucking oak like oh <laughs> Well, that's not the trail. <laughs> Somehow I was able to like throw my bike at the tree and I just took to rolling down the hill. Yeah. Like I'm just rolling like, well, this is something that's going to happen right now. I'm not stopping yeah. this. I'm, I mean, I'm bouncing. Fuck. I had to get home. Like uh, my mom and dad, like just, I, this is a brand new bike, man. Fuck. And I just fucked. It's fucked. Like there's no fixing it. I'm like, shit, oh, shit. Like, how, do I tell them? how do I tell them this? Like possibly pissed. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Get, they're like, at least you're okay. I'm like, dude, I've got, I'm all cut up and shit. You know, it's funny is saying I thought I turned is the same thing as saying I didn't turn. Right. <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah. I didn't know I had to turn. <laughs> yeah. 
Shit, man. Well, exactly. I was sitting there in the air, like, well, I guess I fucked that up. Yeah. I'm sitting there trying to like fly into there, trying to figure out what part I missed of what he said. Realize I missed every fucking thing after it hit the rock, just right. right and <laughs> well, it's kind of, he should have fucking told you something, but it is what it is, man. Now you fucking know, dude. Hey, uh, when we first started talking, you said something about a podcast that you were doing once or something. What, what's up with, with that? Uh, so me and Sil Cyber, we started the Reconnect podcast. Yeah. Um, we were bouncing the idea for a podcast around before we ever found EW, actually. Yeah. Uh, we just really couldn't figure out what we wanted to do. Because we, we wanted to we wanted to just talk to people. Um, yeah. And I think when we got here, it kind of became we needed, we wanted something that was a little bit different. Uh, yeah. Than the, just the conversations. And me and him were both very, like, nature is our soul, you know. Like, we mm-hmm. he, he gardens, I do my photography, and I, I hide camp, all that shit. No shit. And, um, we just bounced around politics. We were going to do a political podcast, but we realized it wouldn't be that fun since we pretty much agree on everything. <laughs> there wouldn't yeah. be anything to talk about. Yeah. And, uh, finally, we to the nature. And I was like, dude, let's just, he, he's like, let's just talk about nature, dude. How we like, how we can connect with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, we're, we're, we're still working on some of the kinks. Uh, that last, uh, the, the only episode we have right now is like 16 minutes long. So it's, mm-hmm. if, if anybody wants to watch it, it's pretty short. And I, I posted the link in the group there on the on DW. It's just Reconnect podcast. But uh, now we uh, we're just trying to figure out how to do it and uh, yeah. what to talk about. We want to get guests on at some point. Just we want to basically talk about how nature helps humans and how we can help it. <clears throat> you know, we come from we come from long line of humans in history that have worked with nature, and now we're trying to make nature work for us, and it just doesn't work that way. It's it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it is. Man, um, you know, I um, like especially for this this here that we're doing. Um, I've been starting to do like a lot of reaching out to you know different people and and organizations, and we'll see where it takes it, man. But <clears throat> to be honest with you, I think um, you know this whole thing with like even like somebody was saying something about how when DMT opened up, there was all these other websites that are talking shit. And it's like, dude, what the fuck are they talking shit about, man? There's more fucking people here than there are fucking websites. Get the fuck out of here, man. It's the same thing with anything else, man. It's just a matter of just doing it and um, having conversations and, and who knows, maybe end up doing something that you love to do, you know? And that's, that's a, that's a big, a big uh, goal for a lot of people too, you know? Not everybody. We've got a local woman here that works for the state park, and she's actually running for some city council or something like that. Yeah, but she works for the state park, and we've been uh we've been trying to get in touch with her to get her. Which with COVID and everything, the only number that we have to reach her is nobody's there right now. But uh, yeah. she works for the water protection or something like that for the, yeah. for the park or state park. I mean, sorry, not national park. State I mean, park. you could probably you could probably look her up online or something, dude. I'm just, yeah. the yeah, thing we, is. is there's a lot of people that are willing to bring awareness to the shit that they're doing because they believe in a lot of it. You know what I mean? And I think he, he that's knows her daughter, but we haven't actually, we haven't crossed to that plane yet where no. we just reach out to her child. <laughs> they, they work together. We're like, we don't want to like just reach out to her and be like, Hey, can we talk to your mom? Like that might seem a little weird. <laughs> hey, so when can I talk to you? <laughs> mom got it going on girl. Like, <laughs> no, um, but we're, we've been trying to, find a few people he's got a professor that he that's um an ethnomycologist or some or ethnobotanist i'm oh, sorry nice, nice. that he wants nice. to get on at some point i've talked to several people uh i've got one person i'm gonna get on um my uh brother-in-law who wrote that bigfoot erotica book 
Oh, yeah. I don't think that really going to be much about nature. I just really want to talk to him about the stuff that he's doing because it's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote that uh, book as a joke with his friends. Yeah. Oh, his story is pretty cool, but it's not mine to share. But um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he wrote that book with some of his friends and uh, ended up like becoming an actual book after they were just joking around. No shit. And he got it on Amazon. It's called, uh, oh, shit, hold on. Let me, let me get the title pulled up with the home. So we were talking the other day and he started this thing on uh, Instagram called like the first church of a uh, Bigfoot church, something like that. <laughs> and it's hilarious. I was asking, I was like, well, what is that? And he goes, uh, dude, I just need to market for my book. And like, now I'm thinking about like, it's growing so big. I'm thinking about doing like retreats and stuff like oh, meditation sure. and all that kind of stuff. Like, That's cool. Like, I've almost got a cult following. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. But uh, let me uh, find his book title real quick. It's called Seized by the Skunk Ape, a Bigfoot Romance. <laughs> <laughs> I could put it. I could put it in the in the description as well. But uh, send like, it it's, it's, it's not too expensive. Um, yeah, I think it's just an ebook, but it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not gonna give anything away on that book, but I read it and yeah, it's nice. it's something. And now he, uh, we want to get, I want to get him on the podcast at some point just to talk about his stuff because he's got just an amazing story from what he like is you know, growing up to what he did and now what he's doing now. It's just a nice. complete shift. Nice. It's always, always good fun to talk to people with those stories like that. It's always good to hear, um, people's stories, man. They, they, they all count for something, man. Um, <clears throat> is there anything, uh, before we wrap this up here, is there anything you want to like, just uh, put out there? Anything you want to say to anybody listening or, or anything like that? Uh, no, man, not that I think that, um, just, the if, if anybody is interested in listening about nature and stuff, the reconnect podcast, we're, we're working on it. So just if, if you bear with us, we're going to get it going at some point soon and get it up and running fast. <laughs> Well, I'll put a link in the in the description too, man. Send me over what you got, and then um, we'll check it out, dude. I, I encourage you guys to to keep going. You know, stuff like this is pretty fun to do, man. It's pretty fun to do, and, and there's never enough. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed the conversation. It was nice getting to chat with you uh, finally. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, nice to have I you. I hear how good these conversations are, and nobody nobody lied to me, so <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was a good talk, man. Appreciate it, man.